Retail workers across the country are in trouble. We're only halfway through 2017, and store closures have already surpassed the historic highs of 2008, and more than 60,000 employees have lost their jobs since January. With technology invading the world of retail, analysts are predicting that more than 50% of current jobs will be replaced by automation within the next 10 years. But just when doomsdayers are predicting the end of retail workers as we know them, Walmart is doubling down on the very people that experts say are going away. The nation's largest private employer is investing nearly $2.7 billion over two years in higher wages, education, and training for employees. Does Walmart see something that the rest of the industry is missing? This is Work in Progress. Keeping an American business alive. It's just not as easy anymore. I watch too much go wrong. There are not a lot of choices. Simply going to work to survive is not enough. It certainly is a different America. There's opportunities here that are untapped. You have to go get them. I'm just hoping that something will eventually crop up and get my life started. Welcome to LinkedIn's Work in Progress, a podcast on the future of the world of work. I'm your host, senior editor Caroline Fairchild, covering tech and startups for LinkedIn. And I'm LinkedIn managing editor Chip Cutter. I'm spending this year on the road talking to people about what it means to earn a living now. And I'm super excited for this week's episode because I'm joining Chip in his travels this week. We're both coming to you from Bentonville, Arkansas. Caroline, this is a pretty crazy time of the year here. It's Walmart's annual meeting. So it brings 14,000 investors and employees to this corner of Northwest Arkansas. And this year's meeting comes at one of the worst times for U.S. retail in recent history. Despite all the cheering and hoorah around how great Walmart is doing, nearly 90,000 Americans working in the industry have been laid off in the past six months. At the same time, store closures are on pace to eclipse those of the depths of the Great Recession. But you wouldn't have guessed any of that was going on from inside the arena where Walmart was holding its annual associate meeting. Give me a W! A! L! Squiggly! N! A! R! T! What's that spell? To say coming to Bentonville for this annual meeting is like entering an alternate reality would be a dramatic understatement. The amount of positive energy around where Walmart and the retail industry is headed is kind of out of control. We both had those moments during a lot of these events where we looked at each other and said, is this real? Is this genuine? And and honestly, I think it was. I mean, executives talked about some of the trends happening in retail. They talked about automation, but they kept framing it saying that humans still had a place and still mattered. But something gets lost in that conversation sometimes, which is the true and simple power of humanity. The ability of one person to make a difference in the life of another. That was one of our guests this week, Judith McKenna. McKenna is Walmart's COO and is the executive behind the company's decision to invest $2.7 billion over two years in training programs, higher wages for frontline employees and store managers. And these training programs are focused on something pretty interesting. They're focused on soft skills. Right. Soft skills. These are the ability, how you interact with customers, how managers interact with their employees. They're these kind of basics. But in a world that's being totally changed by e-commerce with mobile shopping everywhere, Walmart says this is important. We need our frontline employees to have these skills and we need managers to have them. 
And it's even more important at a time when a lot of economists say we're at full employment. So the job market is tight. It's harder to find good employees. So you do want to keep the ones you have, kind of help them progress and stay with the company. So there are now 150 of these Walmart academies out there. And the retailer hopes to train 225,000 employees just by the end of this year. And this emphasis on soft skills was something that we didn't just hear from Judith, but from executives across the board. U.S. President and CEO Greg Foran talked at length during one of the events about what he clearly thinks is the company's counterattack to Amazon. It's not more tech. It's actually people and physical locations that he thinks will set Walmart apart. If we get really, really good at that, that's probably the single biggest advantage we're going to have. So is this focus on human workers in brick-and-mortar locations, is it aspirational? Is it delusional? Is it risky? You know, how do you, what do you make of it? And that's really the question that we had for all the employees that we spoke with this week who are here in Bentonville for the annual meeting. We wanted to know what they thought about the fact that Walmart's investing all this time and energy in trainings for the employees that are in the stores. And they were all pretty bullish about the fact that they're going to have jobs at Walmart for a long time. Yeah, some of them saw some things in the news about retail jobs going away, but they were pretty excited about their future at Walmart. Take Cesar Valenzuela. He's a Walmart employee who has worked there for 15 years at one of the company's distribution centers in New Braunfels, Texas. I think five years we can beat Amazon. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> I think if we offer the same thing that Amazon offers, we, we can beat them. Obviously, that's a really strong statement, but he meant it when he said it to me in, in all sincerity. So the real question becomes, what does Walmart really see here? This is a skills gap that we don't talk about that often. And if anyone can get inside these issues with us, it's Judith McKenna. She's the COO of Walmart and one of the most powerful executives in retail. She runs Walmart's nearly $300 billion U.S. business. Judith, thank you so much for joining us and welcome to Work in Progress. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. So you've been billed as the key leader at Walmart behind the company's decision to invest in training programs for frontline employees. What was the problem that you were trying to solve with the training programs? Why now? Why this program? Get us under the hood a little bit of what exactly the issue was with your people operation. So we originally, in the training we originally announced, it was for entry-level associates, which was the people who it's their first job at Walmart, such as the cashiers and our cart pushers in the stores. And that's our Pathways program, which is done entirely in store online. As we progressed with that, it became really clear to us that the people who supervise people and who lead people in our stores needed to be able to lead in a different way, but also to be able to train the people that worked with them. And they had to know how to do their roles. So as we changed every process in the store, we realized we needed to take that leadership and train them differently. Training online, whilst really valuable, just wasn't going to do it. So we came up with this idea of the academies where you take people out of their day to day, but you put them into a store environment so they can learn firsthand. And we started with the department managers and then we moved on to the assistant managers. These training programs have been depicted as a way for new workers to advance more quickly once they join Walmart and for existing employees to earn more. How much of this is Walmart realizing that the skills of a successful retail employee are changing? The core skills are exactly the same. So the core skills of customer service, of interacting, of communication are exactly the same as they've always been. 
But I think what is changing is customers' expectations. So the bar has become raised about the level of service that people require and what they expect their shopping mission to look like and their shopping trip to be. You probably know it yourselves. When you go in, you want it to be quick, you want it to be easy, you want to be somebody to be nice to you, and you want to get out having paid for all of your stuff and no hassle whatsoever. There was a need to respond to an increase in expectations. Core skills stay the same, but actually we want the level of interaction and communication to improve. And Walmart has tried training programs in the past. This isn't the first time that they've offered and training. Talk to us specifically about what makes the Academy's pathways different than what you guys have tried in the past that makes you so bullish that this will give you guys the people talent that you need. So you saw us at shareholders this morning talk about Alex Brookins, who was one of our facilitators. We bring all of our facilitators into Bentonville and give them two or three weeks of training, depending on what they're going to train, facilitation training. And we make sure they're the best of the best. With this attention to detail in them, then you take care of them and you make sure they stay vibrant and you make sure they stay successful. You talk about finding the right people who want to do these trainings. And we spoke with Vera Shully, who is a former Walmart assistant manager in Jacksonville, North Carolina. She left the company in 2010 after working there for nearly 15 years. So she brought some perspective about what Walmart was before the academies and before Pathways. You always have people that are hired just for the job. They're there just to do the job and get the paycheck. And that's it. They didn't particularly care about the customer service or how the store looked or anything else about it. They just did what they had to do to get by. And it was a process to get rid of them, but they usually got rid of themselves. They usually worked their way out and didn't want to do it anymore. How are you guys thinking about finding the right talent and finding people who want to be at Walmart for longer than, say, you know, a a few months or a year? So there's a couple of different things that we're doing. So we have recently put a lot of emphasis on hiring in the stores. We've retrained a lot of our personnel coordinators who do our initial screening. We've completely revamped our website experience, so the experience that people have when they first come to us to have a look at us. We've changed our forms that you fill in online when you apply to us. We've shortened them by half, but we're asking some different questions within that. We've also improved the screening that we use in the background to see what the relevance is and what the skills are of people that come forward to us. But nothing can beat the interview that you have. So this human part to things is still critically important. So we've given interview and skills training to our teams. One of the things that Vera also told us was that when she was an associate, she was encouraged to to pursue a degree at DeVry University to become a co-manager. And this is kind of what she had to say about that opportunity. So I think that was more or less of a political ploy, in my opinion. I mean, if you can do the job, does it matter if you have a degree or not? As long as you're doing what you're supposed to be and taking care of the customers more so than somebody that's got a college degree and that doesn't have a clue about customer service. So as you guys are opening up these training centers, what are you thinking about in terms of employer-based education and the role that that's going to play moving forward? I agree with Vera, which is this is not about the level of education that you've got. This is about your ability to do your job. It's about choice for associates. There is no requirement to have a college degree to advance. And, um, it, it, you know, two of my most senior team, neither of them have degrees. And yet they've rose right through the organisation. So it's much more about making sure you've got the right skills to do the job that you want to do. That said, 
one of the things that both Pathways does and the academies do is teach you, if you haven't already learnt it, some basic life skills. So whether that be basic maths, basic communication skills that are relevant, not just in a retail environment, that are relevant in a life environment as well. We have a lot of people fearful that their jobs might be replaced by some of the technology that's coming into stores. But we actually spoke with Carol Hager, who's here at the shareholders meeting right now. She's a grocery manager from Lafayette, Colorado. And this is what she had to say about jobs in retail. So you don't think that there's going to be fewer people working in your store, say, in five years? Oh, no, I think there's going to be more. More. Um, And how come? Because the growth of Walmart, is, like, like they said, is growing amazingly every year. And I think that with um, that growth, we're going to need more associates. So do you agree with that? Do you think that in five years we'll need as many people working in a Walmart that we have now? It's really hard to predict what the future shape looks like. You know, I'll give you for example, which is um, we recently announced changes where um, many of the associates that worked in our back office doing um, some of our paperwork roles, we used technology and those roles were not needed anymore. By eliminating those roles, we were able then to invest in roles in online grocery and in pickup. So the shape is changing. I would assume that five years down the line, there will be more technological advances. That is undoubtedly true. But as we continue to grow, we will still need people in our stores. So our focus keeps on being the right people. If we can find people who can multi-skill across our stores to be able to get the hours that suits them, then that's a real win-win situation. And who knows in the future we may be able to set up where somebody can work in two different stores in a market. So actually, not only do you multi-skill within a store, but in the long-term future, I could choose to work in three different Walmarts across a market and do a different or the same role in each of them. That's one of the ways we can provide stability of employment to many of our associates going forwards. Thank you so much for joining us, Judith. It's been a great conversation. It was a pleasure to see both of you. Thank you. That was Judith McKenna, Walmart COO, talking to us about the retailer's efforts to retrain its frontline employees. Chip, I thought it was super interesting what she had to say at the end there about humans always playing a big role in Walmart's strategy, its physical stores, and where it wants to go with customer service. Despite all the layoffs that we're seeing across the retail industry right now, it was pretty clear talking to Judith that she wasn't going to make any real predictions on if Walmart will actually continue to be the nation's largest private employer moving forward. That's right. She wanted to talk about how tech could help Walmart's business or allow it to hire more employees or better equip those it had in the job now. But after the shareholder meeting, Walmart CEO Doug McMillan had a Q&A with reporters. And there he said that he could see the company employing potentially fewer people in the future. He said this was yet to be determined and that he wasn't quite sure. But it followed a similar line we heard from the company's U.S. chief, Greg Foran, who told us that the next five years in retail were simply too hard to predict, that he wasn't quite sure and that his estimate would inevitably be wrong. So there's a lot of guessing, a lot of hedging by some of the biggest names in retail right now about where the future of work is going in the industry. And that's a little terrifying, if you ask me. If anyone should be able to say, this is where we see this going, it should be executives at Walmart. They employ millions of people across the country and the world. And they're saying, 
we don't really know what's going on and what the future is going to look like. So with that in mind, I keep coming back to this question of if they don't actually know where the future of retail work is going, why are they investing billions in its workers right now? What's really behind it? I really think we need to look outside of Walmart to find the answer. Our next guest has been analyzing retail for 30 years. Paco Underhill is the founder and CEO of EnviroCell. It's a behavioral research and consulting firm that helps companies understand consumers and really where retail is going. Paco, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to Work in Progress. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I want to talk a little bit about the state of retail right now. Some estimate that 30% of malls could shut down this year. Obviously, we've seen a bunch of store closings already this year. We've seen bankruptcies. We've seen mass layoffs in retail. So I'm curious as you look out at the retail industry, who are the people who will be working in retail jobs in the future? I think this is a very important issue, Chip. The easiest thing to change in modern retail is the physical design of the plant. The hardest thing to change is the operating culture. And I think you were right on to be asking that question, who is the modern employee and what kind of training are we going to give them and what are our expectations of them? What would you like to see? What do you expect to see for retailers that want to succeed? What skills will they need to have? I think what we're looking at now is a much more complex model where part of what we are asking employees to be is, first of all, curators. We are asking them to be technologically literate so that if someone comes up and says, does this fit? How does it work? And you go, I don't know, but let's open my iPad up and be able to, to, be able to, to get you where you want to go together. If I'm going to characterize this in physical terms, it is the evolution of customer service being nose-to-nose, meaning that you and I interact with each other across a table, versus you and I interacting with each other hip-to-hip, where often we're looking at a screen and processing something together. Retail as an industry has tended to lag others when it comes to training. Are you starting to see a shift in that at all, or is this upskilling and retraining going to happen in some other way? I think part of what you're looking at is a much more complex problem here, which is that if you looked at the typical retail employee, they stayed on the job for somewhere between 9 and 11 months. And part of what we're looking at in the broader world here is if I'm going to invest in training in you, how am I going to extract that training value from you if you're only there on the job for 9 to 11 months? And Paco, speaking specifically to Walmart, given just how many people they employ, millions across the country, do you think they're seeing something in that employee base that is triggering their desire to invest billions in these trainings for them? Are they able to see further out just given how many people they're trying to employ right now in the retail market? It is very important to recognize that Walmart is looking at Amazon and has recognized that if I can get the Walmart customer to order online and pick up at the store, I can compete very effectively with Amazon. Walmart is looking at the physical pad that they sit on, the trucking system that they operate, and are going, is there a more concerted, cost-effective way of being able to deliver goods to our customer in a time-efficient manner. And what is the labor piece of that puzzle is a very interesting one. But that labor piece is going to have to factor in to a much broader evolution 
away from somebody throwing it in their cart and standing it in line at a cash wrap to pay for it, wheeling it out into the parking lot and loading it into the back of their car. When we look at retail overall, people look at Walmart. They really kind of want to see what the world's largest retailer, what the country's biggest private employer is doing. What did Walmart see in wanting to start these academies? There had to be some kind of issue or something there that they felt they had to address. So I'm curious, was there something that they saw that everybody else was missing? I think there are a couple of things. First of all, that Walmart's core business is still in small town and small city America. It recognizes that if you train people, It is one of the ways in which you compensate them, that if you don't give them something in a paycheck, but you give them something in terms of education, you develop a relationship with them. And I think what Walmart is recognizing is that that combination of of service and paycheck here is something that they can afford to deliver. So I'm curious, are we going to have... Fewer people possibly making more, maybe being a little bit higher skilled working in these stores. Maybe it's not seen as just a a starting job and you move on to something else. I mean, are we going to see a shift in really who works in retail and what kind of skills and background and education that they have? I think they're going to have to be a much more opportunistic and understanding employer and recognize that if they give you the training and give you the understanding that you're going to give back both loyalty and focus to them. Paco, wonderful to talk to you today. Thank you so much. That was Paco Underhill, the CEO of EnviroCell, giving us a sense for how he sees retail evolving. He mentioned the physical and e-commerce worlds coming together, and that's really the point Walmart kept making to us all week. I think what's really interesting is that Walmart is thinking about the competitive landscape right now in retail. What do they have that Amazon and some of the e-commerce players don't have? They have millions of employees and thousands of stores across the country. How can they leverage those two assets to make themselves competitive in a world in which we want to buy more and more things online in a more flexible and easy way. And in order to do that, the human component of this equation is critical. People have to want to go shop at Walmart. And if their employees are rude or don't know how to find things, then they're just going to go online and not come into Walmart stores. So that's exactly what we saw when we were in Bentonville. And it was funny, we were talking to people throughout the Northwest Arkansas area, just about retail, about the world of work. And I talked to the manager of a GNC nutrition store. His name's Daniel Trout. And he kind of summed up exactly what you're saying to me in a really succinct way. And you know what? It's scary, but the people that are making minimum wage are, are the people determining the business, which is it's kind of scary to think about. But I think you should probably pay. I mean, I pay here. We pay a little bit more just because you want to find good help. Because it, if I'm not here, I need to trust somebody to take care of them like I would. Yeah. You know what I mean? If people making $6 an hour, they don't care. And if they're rude to somebody, they'll never come back. Yeah. So, I mean, the people making the least are really determining the outcome of the business, really, when you think about it. So, Caroline, he's saying customer experience is key. He doesn't work for Walmart, but it's a common experience in retail right now, just needing to focus on customer service when it is so easy to buy online. So one of the things that Walmart wanted us to do when we were down in Northwest Arkansas was to give us a sense for what these academies look like. So they took us to one of their super centers in the area. The academy was in the back near the garden center. It was a classroom setting like you've seen elsewhere. And they wanted to kind of give us a mini taste, about two hours of what an academy training might be like. And Caroline, during that, you got a chance to strap on a VR headset and to kind of experience this firsthand. 
Oh, yeah, it was insane. So basically what Walmart is doing is investing in virtual reality technology so that its employees can be put in these situations that are not ordinary situations that happen every day in stores. So for this example, I strapped on this VR set and immediately I was immersed in the world of Black Friday shopping hell over the holidays. And there was just thousands of people running around. There was a customer yelling about the fact that he lost his daughter. There were lines of people running everywhere trying to find where you know the sales were and where you know certain items were for the holidays. And it was sheer madness. So I'm going to go ahead and get play again. And I want to focus on the associates. Yeah, yeah, my daughter's a little boy somewhere. Oh, he's lost his little boy. <laughs> <laughs> you should go find him. They're too close together, those two. They should spread out. Yeah, that one lady kind of yelled at that customer. That wasn't very nice. But it was funny. It reminded me almost of watching game tapes in sports, for instance, where you're watching a situation, you're seeing what happened and critiquing what could have been done better. There was someone who was helping you, the facilitator at the time, who kept saying, okay, well, how did that associate do in that interaction? What did she do right? What did she do wrong? And then you had to be saying things like, well, actually, she was pretty rude to that person or whatever it is. But you could see kind of the wheels turning. You learn through this experience and hopefully not recreate that when you were in the midst of a big holiday rush yourself. It seemed like a pretty sophisticated way to do this and to recreate scenarios that would be hard to recreate, as you said, in a store. So I guess if we tie together everything we've learned in Bentonville, talking to Judith, talking to Paco, to me it really does seem that the future of the retail worker is going to be different. It's going to require more skills. It's going to require better customer service. You may need to pay these people more. To me, it seems like Walmart is ahead of that. They realize that, which is why they're putting all this money into those training academies. My question, though, is how many retail jobs really will exist? It seems to me like it's going to be a lot fewer people doing these jobs in the future. That's really the trend that we're going to see is reskilling and retraining is going to be essential if you want to survive and continue to provide value for your employer, no matter what industry you're in. I mean, I was pretty skeptical of all this going into it, but I think what Walmart sees isn't as suspicious as I originally thought. This doesn't feel like some kind of evil master plan or some kind of dark force behind it. I think Walmart saw a need. They had to turn their business around. This is one way to do it, and they say it's an effective way to do it. Thank you for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please feel free to rate and review our show on iTunes. Also, we'd love for you to share your thoughts on the podcast as well as the issues we discussed on LinkedIn using hashtag work in progress. You can find me on LinkedIn at Chip Cutter and Twitter at Chip Cutter. And to follow Caroline Fairchild and her coverage of tech and the future of work, Follow her on LinkedIn and Twitter as well at CFAIR1. This entire project is about bringing in new voices to the conversation. So if there's someone that we should be talking to, let us know, either on LinkedIn, Twitter, or using hashtag work in progress. This week's show is produced by Florencia Ariando and David Pond. We'll see you again soon.